Saturday, August 12th, and this is Season 8, Episode 1 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Tommy. Hey, what's up? Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. And welcoming to the podcast, uh, loyal listener and uh, our uh, Tottenham Depot uh, podcast uh, participant, uh, Shubes. Welcome to the podcast, Shubes. Hi, guys. Good afternoon, guys. It's it's great to be back and see you guys again. The last time, I think it was... um... At the Atlantic, apart from Tommy, obviously, who I saw in London. Oh, yeah, like February-ish. Yeah, it was uh, definitely winter when you were out. I, I remember that because we, we hung out down at your hotel for a little bit before uh, uh, the day before the match. But um, yeah, but, but we have a lot to talk about today, so I think I'm, I'm going to roll right into it. So uh, my original plan had been this is uh, our first episode after a summer off. We're going to go in and kind of cover everything that happened this summer from Ange Postacoglu coming in to uh, some of the transfers, uh, how, how things were looking in preseason. Um, but that kind of got thrown off the rails this, this week with, uh, by, by Harry Kane, which we kind of knew this Harry Kane transfer thing was uh, looming in the background and it was uh, back and forth with the rumors. Um, it was on again. It was off again. It was uh, another offer, uh, lowballing by uh, uh, Bayern Munich. But then uh, this actually did get across the line uh, over the last couple of days. So, um, so Harry Kane is leaving us. Um, I'm sure there's mixed feelings on whether this should have happened. Um, I'm sure we're all probably sad to see him go in, in, at some level. Uh, but let's start the conversation there. How are you guys uh, uh, feeling about this uh, Harry Kane to Bayern thing? Uh, Tommy, you want to tackle it first? Yeah, I'll just say it's kind of like with the other big-name transfers, whether it be Berbatov, Robbie Keane, Luka Modric, Gareth Bale, etc. It's bittersweet. Harry Kane did leave with dignity, unlike Berbatov and Modric, so I will give him that. Uh, when he, if and or whenever he does come back, we know it's going to be inevitable. As a player ambassador etc i will welcome him back of course uh it's i feel like we had to sell you know coming up last year the contract the issue with we're not matching his ambition fair enough he's probably going to leave for free next year we got to cash in thankfully we did uh this year it's another year of transition we weren't going to win anything with him so might as well do it. Let's build for the future. My biggest argument with Harry Kane staying and us not winning anything, we're just prolonging our misery. Uh, and this could set us back another year or so, at least with the money that we recoup, we can use it to fund new transfers, um, kind of reload. Maybe in a couple of years, we'll actually contend for Champions League again, maybe even uh, FA Cup. You know, we'll see. Uh Biggest thing, though, is who's going to replace Harry Kane. It looks like it's for Charleston. I guess we'll get to that eventually. But generally speaking, that's my thoughts. I mean, we'll delve further into that. But, Lucas, you had your hand up? What do you got? Yeah, I think a lot of what you said makes sense. For me, I I like the fact that we got the deal done. Um, Obviously, Harry Kane's the best player to ever play for our club. And it's been an absolute honor watching him play for us. But... Uh, at the end of the day, it's all about what you, what are your expectations for our club. So if, 
if you like Harry wasn't going to be staying past this season, he made that pretty clear. So he wasn't going to be part of our long-term future. So it's like, do you think we had a chance to push for the title this season? No, the answer is no. I mean, we're, we're, there's seven teams that are going to be pushing for it and we're not one of them. We're not ready yet. So if he's not going to be part of the team, that's what my ambition is to eventually be pushing for the league. Like, I don't want to be the team like that just goes for top four and is okay with that. Like, uh, we're, we're better than that at this point. Um, and I think that if our ambition is to try and push for the league, we have to do what Tommy said. Like, you have to take that money. Again, he has – we've been very fortunate with his injuries as well. Imagine if we didn't take the money and we were going to let him walk out of free and then he rolls his ankle two weeks in and we're fucked. Like, we had to take this money. It was the right thing to do. I really wish we had got it done less than two days before the first game of the season. That's kind of a pain in the ass. But for me, the – the big thing is it, it needed to be done. I'm glad that we did it. The one thing that I will say, because Tommy said now this money is going to be very helpful, helping us rebuild and work towards our future. That's the one thing that I'm worried about is how do we reinvest this money? Because in theory, we've done everything right by doing this deal. The one thing that spooks me is, are we going to learn our lesson from the bail money and just have a hundred million to spend and we're going to blow it on nonsense and end up having one out of seven guys work out, or are we actually going to reinvest it wisely? That's the thing that's going to be really, really key to see is do we actually have, we learned our lesson and can we reinvest this money that we just got into productive players to help us in this future rebuild that we're doing? Well, just to jump in there quick before Shubes goes, I think with the the money, there a case could be made that with Harry Kane is your best chance at, at top five is really probably most likely going to be Champions League this year. Um, so there's a possibility that with a Harry Kane and the other improvements that we'll talk about later that that we could have gotten the Champions League. And how much different would that uh, money have been, uh, which we're probably not going to get this year? Like, uh, you know, fifty million just for qualifying. Each match is a couple mil- a couple million. If we get out of the group stage, um, you could have the Harry Kane money right there just by qualifying. Uh, but um, th- that was the only thing that was. I'm like, you know, I understand keeping him, but then if he leaves in league, is more would have been more my concern. Uh, 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 Tommy, you want to jump in before Shubes? Yeah, it was very brief. Um, I get your argument because, like, yeah, he could have pushed us to Champions League. Great. But here's the thing. Defense looks like shit as of right now. So we'll talk about that eventually, of course. But the money, we got $100 million or pounds plus, like, apparently $20 million. The money that we're getting will help offset not qualifying for Champions League and building up the alleged depth building up the squad and so forth. So because of that, how I said, like we might be prolonging our misery. Yeah. One year with Harry Kane. And if he leaves and we qualify for Champions League, okay, that's one year, but this can help soothe the pain for at least two seasons financially. So because of that, you got to look bigger picture. So because of that, I'm not mad. Well, I think Shubes is going to give us a more emotional response here, uh, possibly. So, uh, how do you feel about all those tubes? Um, so my story of Harry Kane goes back to actually when he was born, because I actually went to school near Whips Cross where he and David Beckham were both born. Um, I saw his first match 2009, again, I think against Hearts. 
and obviously he was just a kid and um, everything else but so for me it's a more of an emotional thing for me I grew up I still as obviously you guys know I live very near Tottenham ground I actually regularly run through the streets of Tottenham uh, and um, so one of the tracks I listen to I listen to different on my playlist uh, someone this uh, Twitter user Lara had done this compilation of basically Harry's debut to when he actually scored that record breaking goal and I think it was a Hall of Fame song. I, I don't know who sings it, but and I and I played that and I, and I and honestly when I'm running through the trees of Tottenham hearing that he's one of our own and everything like that. So that was for me. And it was like it's honestly it feels like a punch to my liver. So that was the first thing. So that, that's what it feels like. It's an emotional thing for me. It's it is really very painful for me. And there are many obviously obviously you're discussing the reasons why. First of all, the hundred million pounds. Well, first of all, Again, I'll, I'll go with what Lucas said. Are we going to invest it wisely? History says we ha- we won't. Number one, we haven't. We, the reason we haven't we haven't invested it wisely then, and and that plus hundred million pounds doesn't buy you what it did ten years ago. As that's the other thing. And so for me, and, and one of the other things, one of the things you won't know from being here because the stadium, the, the 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 club never talks about it, and on, on on its official Twitter, but I've been there when you've had. I think we had the Red Hot Chili Peppers there. We had Beyonce there. I was there when Lady Gaga was there, Guns N' Roses. Those stadiums are rammed. I mean, the Beyonce tickets are about 400, 500 pounds each. So all those events were would, would have easily offset, you know, the whole idea of the game changer stadium, that is a game changer. Where's that money going? Because that money should be our transfer kitty. We shouldn't be relying on player trading to being what, you know, what powers us to, you know, have our power, powers our ambitions in, in, in the in, you know, in the transfer market. So, so that's what I'm saying. And I think personally, apparently he was enjoying Ange Ball. I was watching it last week and it was beautiful to watch. Ange Ball was amazing. But you, the quality of the finishing, he was in the right place at the right time every single time. And that's an art. And I just don't see how you replace that that easily. And I personally have taken the risk. It's not, I can understand it from, you know, Perspective, like, you know, we, we, you know, you know, we leave with nothing, but you know, we sign it for nothing. We sign it for nothing. He leaves for nothing. So, and I think if you want to be a big player, I mean, look, you know, look, if you look at United, they signed Pogba for 100 million pounds. He went on a free. So, I think that is the risk we take, and I would have been glad to take that risk. If you think about it, to dare is to do. When men are taking risks, I agree with what Tommy said. He could have done his ankles. He could have done anything. And that's it. He can be because Paul Gascoigne famously, he was linked with a deal to um, I think Lazio at the time, laying half million pounds, and then he does his he does his knee. He was out for a year. We paid for his rehab for a year and his wages, and he went for five and a half million instead of eight and a half. So there is a risk. I get that, but for me, if you look at where the club is at now financially, with all the money it makes off the field through the stadium. I mean, it's, I just, for me, it just feels as if I would have, I would have taken one last roll of the dice. I'm a gambler, I guess. And I would have done that. I will say that, like, I, I do appreciate that Harry Kane did it this way. Cause he could be pulling an Mbappe right now and saying, oh, you know what? No, I'm not going to take any transfers. I'm staying here. Uh, and then go for his uh, uh, free transfer at the end of the summer where he's probably going to get a, a bigger payday. Um, but it, it sounds like he kind of said, I, I, you know, I want to move on. 
I want to see my childhood club at least get a transfer for me. Um, so I do appreciate that, but I would rather have had him stick uh, stick around, play it out, because he seemed like he was enjoying playing Ange Ball again, and we haven't seen him in an attacking system uh, si- since Patrocino left. Um, I really would have rather seen him stick it out and take the gamble that maybe he's going to want to re-up with us. Just uh, Maybe we push for a, a couple cups. He's enjoying playing with the the, the squad. Uh, we filled some of the holes that we need to. Um, we haven't seen Van de Ven yet. Uh, obviously, we need to buy at least one more defender this uh, uh, this summer, maybe another midfielder. Uh, now we got to buy uh, another attacking player for sure as well. Uh, maybe not a hurricane forward, but, um, but uh, we would have had just a couple more pieces to really get ourselves to a competitive level, I think. We, we could have made him fall in love again. And uh, like, I have that emotional response too. that. Like maybe it would have been worth the, worth the gamble. And uh, as Shub says to dare is to do uh, Lucas. Yeah. And, and like, I agree with both of you completely. And I just, I don't, the reason I'm coming from a place of with my like strict realism that I'm talking in, like, it sounds harsh, but I'm just coming from the realistic point of what Daniel Levy does. Like, I hate it just as much as you. I would have absolutely, ideally, I would love to be able to say, screw it. Like, ram it up your hole, Levy. Like, pay for his wages with the fucking Beyonce money. Like, absolutely. Like, there's no reason we should be operating the way we do, but that's how Levy does it. It's about the shareholders. That's it. And so from that model, this is the best thing we could have possibly done operating in the in the mold in which Daniel Levy operates. And I mean, I, I don't like it either more any more than you guys do. I think it's a huge problem, actually. But uh, we can I'm just like I'm sick of bitching about it. And I'm just like, there's nothing we can do to change it. So in the terms of Daniel Levy ball, this is the best that we can do. But um, I, I absolutely I think one of the funny things that I thought about today was that like I hate how late we've left this Kane transfer happen. I hate how like close it is to the start of the season. But then at the other end, I'm actually kind of grateful because it doesn't give me time to like I, I was scrolling through Instagram today and I was just in tears on like everyone's post, like all the players like Sonny putting a post out being like brother, legend, like leader, all that stuff. I'm like it just I love the fact that it doesn't give me I'm already focused on Brentford, so I'm like I like the fact that it at least doesn't give me time. I have to shelf my woes about Harry right now. But I, I definitely think the way he the way he operated towards the end here, I thought was very classy by Harry. Because, um, Anthony, I agree with what you said. I think he and Levy had that set where he wanted to make sure we're at least leaving with something. And I just, I think, yeah, if, if he had stayed, maybe we could have seen a team that uh, – or seen him fall in love with the new system and maybe want to stay. But the main question that I wanted to ask is, I think a lot of it is, I think I was most surprised. I thought he would have wanted to stay to have a crack at Shearer's record. I thought that would have been the biggest ambition because he's going to go win a couple of like Bundesliga trophies that no one cares about because I mean, for Hoybier has four of them that he won with Bayern Munich and nobody at Bayern Munich, no Bayern Munich fans could probably even tell you his name. I'm like, Gareth Bale won a couple of Champions Leagues, including a bicycle kick in the Champions League final for Madrid. And Madrid fans couldn't even tell you his name. So there, there's no, like, glory that Harry's looking at to go win for 
to go win a trophy for Munich, it's not going to mean as much as winning like even a league cup would mean for Spurs. But I, I think that for him, it's probably got to be something about the weekly wages, like what kind of money he's on. Cause I think he's going to be now being paid what he properly should be getting paid wage wise. And for a player of his age, I kind of get that. And I mean, like he's on like comparable wages here with Ndombele at Spurs, which is a joke. So it's like, I think that th- that's probably got a lot to do with it. What do you guys think? I think some of it's probably money. Uh, some of it is the glory of hoisting a, a trophy, and he pr- could be pretty confident he's going to there. But wouldn't uh, you think beating Shear's record would be the ultimate? Like for me as well, you go down in history because that's that's probably never going to get touched because nobody even plays in the Premier League is like that long anymore. Holland will only be here for like a few more years and then go on to something else. Everyone's mercenaries, so I'm like, I would have thought for Harry that that would have been like his ultimate mecca of achievements. Well, and we if he stayed, we we build a statue. I mean, they might still build, oh, yeah. a statue, but we, we for sure like he would be, um, he would be right up there with the greats. Um, That's the thing, though, his legacy is already set. He didn't leave like Saul Campbell did. He he probably would have gotten legendary status if that didn't happen, in theory. But uh, yeah, it's, I mean, he's going to get the statue. He'll probably be the first statue, realistically. Or him and or Ledley King together. Um, he's already got the mural. He's already got all that stuff. So I hope it's a better looking one than the Ronaldo like sculpture that oh they God. made. <laughs> Let, let's be realistic. I could probably do a better one than that. Like a five year old in art class, maybe. Yeah, it's but like I don't know. It's it's twofold though. It's like maybe he's staying here. It breaks Shearer's record, but it's like might be considered selfish. But I'm like. I think the other underlying thing with going to Bayern Munich, yeah, you're going to win the Bundesliga, DFB, Pokal, et cetera. But he'll probably have a good shot of winning the Champions League in this four-year contract. Again, but then again, I don't see him seeing out that four-year contract. I can see him coming back yeah. uh, after a second or third year, but that's beside the point. Well, and so, I, I, it doesn't seem like there was a buyback clause, which I thought there would be in there, but... Um... Well, but we never know. There might be something that we don't you, know about. And, and you know, with Daniel Levy, like how he, I I saw it today, it was what 100 million pounds plus 20 in uh, like variables. So it's probably a few things. Uh, or, yeah. But he probably insert a buyback clause. But also, does he average? Does he score like 25, 30 goals in one season? Okay, that activates it. Uh, does he win Champions League? If he wins Bundesliga every year that he's here, okay, that amps it up even more. Blah, blah. Uh, doesn't get injured, et cetera, et cetera. So it, you never know. But again, Daniel Levy, probably it's all in there. Tubes, give us final thoughts on Harry Kane before you kind of move it along. Um, part of me wants to wish, wish that Harry Kane could have stayed and broken the records. Um, I'm not an American football fan, but like what Dan Marino did, he apparently he could have gone and, you know, he could have stayed, yeah, he could have gone left Miami, apparently, I don't, I don't know. But now he's the god of South Florida. And if Hurricane had stayed, he would have been the god of North London, well, this part of North London anyway. But um, look, all I know is I had a lot, of, a lot of my Arsenal and Chelsea and West Ham fans sex on me yesterday because they were like popping the champagne. And that's that, that for me says, oh, you know, we have weakened, you know, and it's not as if like 
you know, people say like when we saw Gareth Bale, we sold Elves, we bought the Beatles. Well, unfortunately, do you know what? We sold Beyonce and we don't even have the spare parts of Destiny Child here. Yeah, and when I and I um I lost a twenty dollar bet on this too. I uh, I said that Harry Kane was going to stay. Lucas, you wouldn't take that bet for me, uh, but I, I found somebody <laughs> to take it. Uh, uh, actually, a Chelsea friend of mine uh, took that bet, and uh, now I'm going to have to pay him out. Uh, there's a there's 20. a certain other person on this podcast that uh, just lost a bet to myself by that. Uh, Tommy and I got into an argument like a. Uh, in like the spring about like what kind of money Harry would go for having only one year left on his contract. And Tommy's like, there's no way anyone's paying over 50 for a one year left with Harry Kane. I was like, absolutely. I go, there's no way anyone pays less than 65, 70. And now I, I forgot what the stakes were. It's probably like a beer or two at the pub on Sunday. So yeah, I I wish I had gotten in on that because I, uh, I, I thought all along, like, a hundred million even last year in his contract. I, um, well, that's actually, yeah, that is crazy. I, I said, I was thinking around the 70 range. Like I didn't see anybody like you had to be kind of desperate. Cause if you're Munich, you're like, why would you just wait a year and get him on a free? Like that was an aggressive move. So yeah, I, we'll ride you too that last that year I will admit I was wrong. We'll sort out the details. If it was like a beer or whatever, we'll figure out after the courting, uh, little <laughs> do people know the conversations that happen in this apartment, but, uh, no, but like realistically, but like I thought about this what, a few days ago with the whole transfer thing, though. Bayern Munich wouldn't be in this mess if they didn't fuck up the whole Lewandowski thing. If Levin, if they're like, we don't want you anymore, and Lewandowski's like, I want out, and he gets transferred to Barcelona, he'd still be there. And then they would have a striker, and Harry Kane, in theory, could have still been with us. So, yeah. good, you know, good job there. Good job there. Uh, well, we do have to move, talk about some other things today, though, so I'm going to move the conversation along. Um, uh, so when we last had an episode, um, we were just starting speculation about Ange Postacoglu, and we, we had, uh, I, I think we had just um, missed out on, um, uh, oh, geez, why am I brain freezing on his name? The Dutch guy, uh, 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 but oh, the guy from Feyenoord. No, uh, no, the 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 coaching option that we were. Uh, yeah, he was the guy from Feyenoord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we had just yes, like yeah. missed out on him, um, and then uh, uh, Postacago was the next name up on the list, and and we were kind of speculating. At, well, maybe this is an okay idea at this point, but then it it, it happened, and I think uh, a lot of us became immediately more excited about this move than uh, the, than for where his name and status probably sat like, uh, you know, coming from Scotland, you never know what you're getting as a coach. Uh, but it seemed like he had some good ideas. And then once he got in front of a mic and started uh, talking, I think it was easy to fall in love with him. He, he, he's a guy that, um, is very candid. Um, he, he has good ideas. He says the right things. Um, and, and then, uh, once we got to see them start, uh, playing in his uh, system, and it's going to take some while to adjust to, but it it just seems like it's a very exciting brand of football to uh, that we can get excited about watching. So, how are you guys feeling about Ange uh, uh, now that we've uh, have the um, the time of uh, we've been able to watch him for work for a month and a half or so? Uh, go ahead, Lucas. Well, I'm 
I'll admit, at the beginning, I was kind of skeptical because he was saying all the right things, but I'm like, that only goes so far. I mean, Nuno said all the right things going in as well. But for me, the thing that kind of gave me a little bit of hope at the beginning was the fact that, like, previous player testimonies saying that they they all had a really high respect for him and they all said that he had this, like, no uh, take-no-shit mentality, which is something I think we really need around here where if you're not going to get on board with his system, because we've had this group of players, there's a lot of guys that are part of the, that have been here through Conti and through Mourinho and through Nuno. And that's a group of players that looked at Jose Mourinho and Antonio Conte and said, nah, I'm not on board with your system. I know better, which is insane. Like, how do you say that to two of the most winningest managers in football? But I I think that I, I liked the idea that, Postacoglu was going to come in and say, look, if you're not on board with my system, get the fuck out. Simple as. And I like that. And I think that, like you said, Anthony, it is an exciting brand of football. I do like how it gets us on the front foot. I think I'm okay right now, even with the fact that our defense isn't very strong. I mean, it, we're working on it, but I, I'll, I'd rather get into a track meet with teams. Or like the absolute attacking power that we have, even without Kane, I'm like, we have guys that can score and we have guys that can move the ball forward. So if we want to get into track meets with teams and see how many we can score and see how many they can score, I'll take that all day. And I really liked, even in these preseason matches, watching Ange be on just the touchline, screaming at people, trying to get them forward. Like, he's not okay with just recycling the ball around and being okay with a 1-0 lead in the 30th minute. Like, he wants us to get forward, and I really, really – you see it in him on the touchline. He's getting very, very animated. So I like that. Um I just, I have high hopes. And I think that the most important thing for us as a group, like all fans, all Spurs fans, the most important thing is just temper your expectations for now. Expect, look for little things to be excited about. Like even that Barcelona game, the way we were able to pass it around in our own half was light years. Like when we recovered the ball, the way we were able to pass out through the back, quick one touch shit, it was amazing to watch in light years ahead of where we've been in the last couple of years. So th- there's going to be little signs of like really good improvement, but we're not going to come in and start steamrolling teams and win the league this year. It's going to take time. We got to back the manager and we got to actually, actually give him some time to implement his players and his system. But I- I'm really excited for it. Uh, Jubes, how do you feel about, uh, Ange now that you've gotten a chance to see him and you've got to see him, uh, uh, Coaching live, live a couple a couple times, right? Yeah. Uh, the first thing I thought was, first of all, we are definitely passing the ball. I mean, we passed, we really, really passed that. And I thought sometimes we were a bit overpassing it, especially in uh, our opponent's half. I was like, no, just take a shot or something. Um, one of the things that Ange Ball does, I don't know if you guys noticed it. I noticed it from my side. Destiny Doggy, who was the left back, would come in quite a lot. And that was, I was like, oh, that was remarkable. That was really, really good. The only thing that worries me is that every single time we seem to be vulnerable at fullback, balls over the top, and that's happened a few times. So that's the only thing. If you can figure out how to sort that out, then yeah, I think we are, you know, but that's, that and I said, I mean, like, I think, I remember when it was at Brighton came this season, and I was like, I am loving how these guys are playing. They're playing with energy. They're playing with confidence. And I can't remember if I was actually at the, if it was you guys or at Hoberg in the following week. But I think I saw, it was Ollie Skip, 
And after he scored a goal, he was passing the ball. He was taking chances. And then suddenly, I don't know, someone maybe, I don't know, um, I think it was Conte at the time, probably had a word said, no, stop doing that. Do exactly what I tell you to do. What I like about um, Angeball is that players are expressing themselves. They are playing without fear. They are taking risks and they are trying things. And um, it's really good to see. And I'm I'm enjoying that. That being said, though, whether, you know, like I said, obviously we've now lost Harry. So that was a score of so many goals and how that translates tomorrow will be interesting. But if we can make it work, and I think we really do have the players that can, because the difference is between this and, say, 15 years ago, we sold Keen and Berbatov, who scored goodness how many goals between them. This time we have, um, what should I call it, Sonny, Richarlison. Uh, that, that, I don't know if you guys, if you see him, I, I didn't see much of Man Solomon last season for Fulham. I didn't really pay much attention. But that lad is quick. I mean, lightning fast, like Kyle Walker fast. And if he can do what I call the Robin, you know, you know cut it into his right foot and just lamp it in, he honestly, he could be a real threat. And like I said, I just, even Perisic as well. So he was, like I said, there, there is quality there. And it's how we do, really. I mean, just my, my only thing is the defence. I think, um, I'm sorry to mention, uh, I think, is it Lombardi? Um, is it, is it attack wins you games? Defense wins you titles? Is that a Lombardi coach? Yeah. So I'm sorry to mention right. that to you guys, Jim, from Chicago, from Chicago, but... But that's what you need to do. You need to have a defense. Sorry. I mean, I hate the Packers, but I live by that too. I'm like, <laughs> defense does win championships. <laughs> Lucas, you well, had something quick to say? No, I, I like what Shubes mentioned with Perisic. If, if, if people didn't get to watch uh, the game against Barcelona the other day, it was really, really great to see Perisic was bombing into the box. So we kind of, like, I, I, we kind of took away his, we had him playing more of a winger role where he was absolutely free to get forward. And you forget how special of a talent he is running into the box and then picking out passes because it's like so much of his job when he was playing as a wingback last year in our system was we didn't have, we couldn't control the ball in the midfield for more than a second. So he has to bum rush back and try and go defend. And then he's an old guy. It's not like he's got like, he can't be going back and forth up and down the pitch as fast as he can for 90 minutes and be effective at either end so it was it was really interesting to see like that could be a real weapon that we have there um we got a lot of it, it's just i'm excited with all of the possibilities that we have with this squad and we still don't know what our starting lineup is we know that son's probably going to play because he's captain but they i, I think we'll know we'll, we'll learn a lot tomorrow with the starting 11 but it, it's i'm really excited with the different possibilities that we have going into the start of the season. Yeah. And people like LaCelso stepping in too. Yeah. Like, that could be, who knows? That could be like, a new signing. Yeah. He could be almost like a new signing with the, that we haven't seen him play an attacking system. Uh, he seems like he's uh, committed to the, the project here and now, and, and, and that, that, that could just be a coup in itself. Like we have like Madison's backup. Sometimes you can play them together. If you uh, may need to push for a goal. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about what we're seeing. Uh, go ahead, Tommy. Yeah. So I don't know my thoughts on Pasacago. I'm not surprised with the appointment personally. Uh, you know, we, we kind of looked at the guy from Brighton, uh, the guy from Fire Nord, uh, I don't know, some other randos, but Nagelsmann. 
Oh yes, Nagel, and but it sounds like he might be a bad seed because even PSG turned him down. Uh, so take that for what it's worth. But realistically, coming in for the managerial appointment, I'm like, we need somebody like Pochettino. I just don't want Pochettino back as of right now. So Ange Pasacago, fair enough. And I was talking to Stewart. He comes to the bar, uh, Celtic fan. He's like, he like I see him, and he's like. Yeah, thanks for taking our manager. I'm, and then I'm like, okay, real talk. What do you think? And he's like, okay, you got a really good manager. He he gets everything what he can get out of the players. He puts in players where they can actually succeed. And then he turns shit into gold. Well, from Celtic standpoint, at least. So if he can turn, like, I'm not saying this will happen, but imagine if he put Ndombele in and he turns out to be a world beater that we thought he, in theory, could have been. Like, apparently this is what, like, he can turn some shit players or average players into better players. So I'll take that. Um, I'm not a big subscriber into the attractive football, but a lot of players or a lot of fans do. So that will be good. How Lucas said, uh, it's going to be a high scoring game. there's going to be a lot of high-scoring games. So if we're going against Man City, he might win or lose 4-5, 5-4, etc. Um, I'm tempering my expectations. Is how I said uh, defense is not looking good right now. we got to bring in some new people. Even Van de Ven, yeah, he, he's promising, but he is raw from uh, what I've read and seen from analysis and highlights. So, But he is definitely promising. Um, but we still need another defender. Him and Romero can't do it all by themselves. So, uh, it's overall, it's still very exciting. Maybe it's because of the new manager. How you guys mentioned, he's Pastacago has been saying all the right things. He's got that cliched Australian mentality with him. Like, he doesn't give a fuck. He speaks his mind. Personally, I can appreciate that. It's Mourinho, he was like that, but he was very asshole ish about it. Um, Conte, Sibler, Pochettino, he was, he always spoke, spoke in hyperbole and it was like a freaking riddle with him. So I'll, I'll, I'm here for the ride and let's hope, I mean, I know there's going to be some bumps along the road, but I'm ready to see where it goes. Well, and, and to, to your point on the defense, Tommy, real fast and in the point Shubes made earlier, uh, where they, they're really going to beat us by put, putting the ball over the top. I think it comes down to more uh, um, you just need really fast defenders uh, to be able to uh, play this system. And you're still going to – they're still going to get some through on you, but you're, you're going to score an awful lot. Um, and if you can chase down enough of those uh, the, the, those balls that go past the defense, then, the, the, then you can make the system work. Uh, go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, the thing is, uh, I agree with with what Tommy said. It's I know it's he and I, it's an opinion he and I share that's not always the most popular. But yeah, the the attractive football thing to me doesn't really matter. I'm like, that's not something I care or get excited about. Um, yeah, it'd be nice. I mean, if you're going to be winning, like it'd be nice to be winning with the flourish. But um, yeah, it starts with the winning. Uh, to me, I'm like I I wasn't complaining when Jose had us at first place like a week or two before Christmas. And Joe's, I had us at first place. I wasn't complaining, even though it wasn't sexy. Um, but so I, I won't say I want to see us. Uh, to me, it's not about the style and how good it looks. But common sense tells you that you should play to your strengths. 
And when you look at the attacking power that we have, even minus Kane, I'm like, we're still looking at Son, who was the golden boot winner two years ago, Richarlson, like Dayon, Madison. I'm like, these are guys that are, this, that, that is an attacking group. Like that is, and you got wingbacks that can, or you got wingers that can get in there. Like this is a great attacking group that needs to get the ball forward. So that's to me, I'm like, it's not, I'm not excited that it's attacking for the sake of it being an attacking style. I'm excited that we're going to be playing to our strengths. And if we want it, and like I use the term track meet, like if we want to get into a track meet with some teams, like especially against the lower sided teams, like I, I'm more than happy of course, maybe against Man City or Liverpool, we kind of temper the way we play a little bit. That that makes sense. But, but yeah, for some of these lower table teams, like I want to see us absolutely go at them and put them to the sword and challenge them to put balls over the top and see how that works. We'll score six, see how many you can score. Like I, I'm game to do that all season, but I think it starts with absolutely using our strengths. I think that's the big thing that I'm excited to see. That's why I like the Ange fit here is that we have all this attacking power that we didn't, again, using buying a $65 million striker who plays nine minutes a game and had one Premier League goal last year does nothing for us. Let's use the guy and see what he can do. Yes. No, I think uh, you got a, a point there. I think since we've already kind of moved into this uh, um, conversation, let's, ha- let's have a quick conversation about some of the preseason matches and I know, Subes, you, you got to go live to the Shakhtar, as we said earlier. Um, so I, I think you can probably give us some uh, insight there. Um, but um, how, how, do, how, how have you guys felt about what we've been seeing, um, the attacking style that we're watching in the preseason? Is it still too raw, uh, not good enough yet, um, or very promising, lot, uh, enough shots on target? Um, Let's talk a, a little bit about there. I, I, it looks like um, uh, let, let's hear from Tubes first, and then we'll go to Tommy. <laughs> Sorry, Tommy. Um, so basically, yeah. Um, first thing I noticed was obviously the way the fullbacks tuck in, because obviously under the Conte system, it was the fullbacks were going to go wide and get you know it was, it was like wing back, wing back, wing back. So it's a very different kind of system. And the first thing you don't see is I think. I, I think Hoybier did do like a boot up. You don't see him do a lot of that. He's very much, we pay it on the ground, you keep it on the ground. And um, yeah, you'll cross it and stuff like that. But you won't see those big punts upfield. You might see a few reverse, you know, like cross field passes, but like just literally just booting it and hopefully someone will get it. No, I don't think we'll be seeing a lot of that. And that, I'm, I'm really good, happy in seeing that. Um, the fitness levels are ridiculous. And the amount of running that the number eights are doing. And obviously, I don't know if you guys saw the Barcelona game. I would never have pegged Oli Skip to score even one goal, let alone two against Barcelona. I don't know where the hell that came from. And um, no, like I said, if you, I mean, like Lacelso was playing some really good football, and he actually was playing the football that you were kind of hoping you'd see him do. And Madison, I've got to say, I never noticed him when he played against us because generally, when he's got the ball, you're hoping like you're more watching about what the defenders are doing rather than what the opposition is. But the skill he had, I mean, I don't like to use the term Moussa Dembele lightly, but there were, the way he pirouetted the balance, I mean, it's nowhere near as strong as Moussa Dembele is. I don't think anyone is. 
but the balance, the skill back to goal, it was a delight to watch. So I think in terms of creativity and midfield and the way that they bomb forward, I think you'll have to enjoy that. Like I said, it's just that defence that just has me worried. Tommy? Yeah, from the way we've played, I mean, like I said, I don't care how we play, but according to the Spurs way that in theory should be intended to be played, yeah, it looks good. Um, I noticed with, what was it, West Ham, yeah, we started off slow. Second half, we amped it up. Like, a lot of the passing wasn't there, but you can see how Pasakagu wants the team to play. So we're we're heating up, it looks like. Things are getting together. Like, players know where each other is intended to be when they pick out the pass. They know where everybody's at. That's great. Um, we talked about it before with Perisic. He looked great. Uh, I think he's, you know, right now, because we play four at the back, he's better off as a winger, of course, but he looked good doing it. And as Lucas said, he's, what, 33, 34, so he's slow. He's slower. So I'm like, if he needs to be there. Like, he's he's created chance for, chances for us, has looked good. So let's keep doing that. Let's not revert <coughs> back to what he's been doing. But also – um, Shubes, you only been to the bar once last year when you came over, but, uh, Anthony and Lucas know, I always yell when there's a chance like counterattack or we have possession and we're about to cross in like two players are in the box. And I'm like, where the fuck are you guys now with Barcelona, Shakhtar, West Ham, uh, even what was that? The, that Singapore team. Like, you'd see four or five sometimes, even in the box. And I'm like, what a novel approach. And it's, I think it's, a, and I'm not, I don't think Conte is saying don't only have two players in the box. I think it's a lot of direction the players are taking from that personally, but I'm not in the locker room, so what I know. But I'm like, I think it's, what we're seeing right now is good. Um, I think a lot for the fans, it's a lot of attractive football. It's like, well, you're getting what you're wishing for, so. Yeah, we could lose, but um, realistically, like how back, what, in 2008-9, where we had those thrilling 4-4 draws against Arsenal and Chelsea, we're probably going to see those again because, A, because of our defense, but mostly because of how our offense is looking. Um, or ask Leeds, ask Leeds fans how excited they are about their attractive football. Yeah. Last two seasons. <laughs> Everyone was jerking off to Leeds because it's like, wow, they just bombed forward. I'm like. Yeah, and they score four goals, and the opposition gets eight. <laughs> like, so they're just getting yeah. reamed. <laughs> and that's kind of the other thing, though. It's, I mean, defensively, I'm like, but I had the game on, and Lucas was watching it with Barcelona on Tuesday. Like, Regulon, he did not look good. <clears throat> Dyer, he was kind of an accessory to that, to two of those goals. You shut the hell up. Dyer you know was I'm fucking fine. His I knew Tommy was going to go into this nonsense. Just Tommy was waiting for an opportunity to just like yell at Dyer. Dyer literally had nothing. Regulon got his beat. positioning was still terrible though. It's he not got beat it was because Regulon was it got more skinned by fault? an eighteen-year-old. Yeah. Regulon got skinned twice by an eighteen-year-old or a sixteen-year-old, excuse me, that had been on the pitch for like twenty minutes and was just fresh legs. And then Tommy's like, "Oh, classic Dyer." He oh, still should have done better with the marking though. Let's be he realistic. Should, what was he supposed to do? Give up a pen? Mark better. Mark better? We had the ball. Like, oh, Jesus. All right, we're not getting into this. Tommy just can't. Tommy can't wait to just tear Dyer apart. 
Dyer because he sucks. He, he, I, I kind of get he it was, that this isn't the first time you guys have yeah, had this geez, conversation. I knew oh, this was not. coming. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm just trying saying. to steer it away from Barcelona. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, and also, I saw Dyer go to the grocery store. He got the wrong brand of milk. Like, what a jackass. Like, That's actually not my problem because I don't do live anything. with him. And I'm Dyer's like, going to have a hat trick in time. He's like, well, it was with the other foot, so fuck him. Like, can't let <laughs> to it be go. fair, I have given credit where when Dyer yeah, has never done once. BS. It's more than zero. Yeah, Dyer's not the problem. Trouble in paradise. Um, do you guys need to uh, have I'm just a, so the have inspiration, a, a temporary like first psychiatrist? Well, he doesn't show the effort that Michael Dawson showed. So it's I true. Sure. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But anyway, uh, I want to. I want to jump in. I just want to <laughs> say that, like, hey, I, here's Fisticuffs round three. There's our. <laughs> I, I do. I do want to say that, like, uh, it was nice to see Oliver Skip seem like he could actually step into this type of um, aggressive system uh, in the Barcelona match. Uh, um, I think that was very encouraging because we think of him more as like of a defensive-minded player. Well, Anthony, like like Shubes had mentioned, uh, with the number eights getting forward, Skip said after the match, he was like, he said, he goes, Ange is just encouraging the number eights to get into the box, which is new. So apparently yeah. that's something that Conti didn't really have us doing, and Skip seemed to really enjoy it. <laughs> I mean, why yeah. wouldn't you at that position trying to get forward and make stuff happen? Yeah, it, it makes me very excited for this year. Um, I think we've got a lot to look forward to. Uh, I've been enjoying catching one of the – as much of the preseason as I've been able to watch, it's been a little bit trickier to get video feeds than um, in the past without my, without an account. But, um, but no, I think it's been a very exciting um, to watch and it's encouraging for the season. Um, but I think this is probably a good place to uh, go to half. Um, uh, the second half, we're going to talk about some of the transfers. Uh, we'll we'll uh, set up the next upcoming games a little bit, and we'll talk about our new captain and maybe even a little bit of the, um, um, the Carabao Cup draw. Uh, but first, uh, we are going to go to Luke's Locks. Luke's Locks! All right. Welcome back, you gamblers. Welcome back to Luke's Locks. All right, coming in, these first ones are going to be a little rough, so bear with me. It's always tough to kind of decipher who's feeling what at the beginning of the season. First one we're going to do is going to be, these are all next week, by the way. We're going to take Liverpool minus one and a half goals at home to Bournemouth. Again, Bournemouth had a good performance today at home. Liverpool's got a tough one that they open with, so I think they're going to be great at home. I know they beat Bournemouth by, what, nine goals last year, so this one I feel is like a safe play at the beginning so let's take liverpool minus one and a half at home to bournemouth next one also kind of going based on last year's result is going to be city at home to newcastle we're going to take over two and a half goals in that one that one as you remember was a cracker three three draw last year in that fixture uh i think we're going to see a city team without de bruyne most likely so i think it could be a little bit conservative but with the firepower that both teams have, I think that over two and a half is a safe bet. So let's take over two and a half city at home to Newcastle. Third one, and you'll be glad to hear it if you're listening to this podcast. Spurs minus a half goal at home to Man United. Yes, that means I think we're going to win. I think we're going to come home to White Hart Lane, our beautiful new stadium. We're going to have no Harry Kane this time. It's going to be a little awkward, but. I think that we're going to put on a good show for the fans like we did last time without Harry. 
when we beat City with Sun goal. Uh, so let's take Spurs minus a half goal on that. Uh, next one, finally, and this one's going to make us smile a bit too if this hits. West Ham and Chelsea under two and a half goals. I think this is a weird, they have a weird rivalry, and I think under is a safe play. West Ham not able to get it done today. Coming home, Chelsea. I say this one ends pretty defensive, so let's take under two and a half. West Ham at home to Chelsea. There you have it. There's your four free locks of the week. Let's go get rich, kids. Well, thanks for that, Lucas. Um, so I, I want to start having a bit of a conversation about uh, some of the transfers that, that we've already done and uh, some of the ones that are still uh, likely to uh, uh, come in, hopefully. Uh, but um, it's actually been a pretty active offseason when you really think about everything that, that that's going on. And there's a lot more move, money moving around than just the, the, the people that are new to us. So I just wanted to kind of go through the list real fast. Um, and this is in order. Um, but uh, so obviously James Madison, I think, was a huge signing for us. We've been waiting for the Erickson replacement for years. And uh, we, we finally seem to have got him with uh, with Madison. I think that's uh, that's an exciting one. Um, Pedro Porro officially um, uh, ended the loan and we, we made the purchase. Uh, so yes, he was with us already, but, uh, but, but we did, uh, spend the money on him this year. Um, uh, Mickey Van de Van came in as a uh, center back, which was, uh, from what we saw in preseason was very much needed. We don't know if we'll be ready for this, uh, this weekend, but, um, but, I, but I think there's a lot to be excited about with him. Uh, Kulishevsky became uh, our player, and we actually got him on a little bit less than was agreed to um, uh, in the negotiations there. So that uh, that was good to solidify that deal. Um, Vicario, um, so maybe not our first uh, goalkeeper choice, but um, but he seems to be a young, exciting player that came in. Um, Aleo Valise um, just came in as a center forward. Um, obviously he seems to be more one for the future, but, uh, but exciting. Um, Ashley Phillips, uh, finally got done, um, after, uh, being talked about for a while. Um, again, uh, n another young player who seems to be one for the future, but, um, but he, he seems like he's a, a promising player that we, uh, um, we could, we might be able to build around in the future. Um, uh, Solomon. Uh, came in and uh, has looked like he's uh, pretty effective as a winger. He already had some Premier League experience, which was a positive. Um, and that kind of uh, gives us some depth up top. Um, then uh, Udogi, uh, who, who we had loaned back when we purchased last summer, is now back with us, and uh, we're getting to see him play for us. Um, and then uh, I think that uh, we did have some outgoings as well in um, – uh, Harry Winks uh, w was officially uh, sold, so uh, so he is no longer uh, on the books, um, and we've uh, we've officially uh, loaned uh, Joe Roden to Leeds. Um, I think as of uh, maybe yesterday evening or this morning. Uh, so um, lots of lots of activity there. Um, how are you guys feeling about the activity so far? And then we'll move into the conversation about. Um, what we still need to do now that Harry Kane's gone. Um, 
I think Lucas, you had your it's up first. Well, I, I like the the incoming guys. I have high hopes for most of them, um, especially some like I, I think one of the ones I'm most excited about is uh, Ashley Phillips. I'm like he's young, he's big, he's athletic, he's comfortable on the ball. I, I think he's going to be, and he's English, which means he understands how to play in this league, which is something we vastly overestimate. Like. Davidson Sanchez looks like a world beater when he played for Ajax and then comes into England. It's a different story. So I, I think a center back that understands the English game is huge. Um, so I, I really like that signing. I think the thing I like is that we're bringing in guys. It, it seems like we're planning for the future, which I like. Usually it's okay. Well, we sell X, Y, and Z, and then we replace them with a B and C like, it seems like we replacement buy. I like this preparation buying and we're thinking a few steps ahead. Uh, I think that'll actually help us grow and especially under uh, Postacoglu system. So I, I definitely like that. Um, the one thing I wish we would be more proactive about in these transfer windows is how quickly we, the, the speed in which we can get some of these guys out. Like, there's still a lot of dead weight that needs to be moved. Uh, I mean, like, what, what has Hugo been doing, like, this entire summer? Like, you can't tell me there's not a team that would take Hugo or, like, let's lower the price on Ndombele and ship his ass out. Like, there, there's got to be ways we can get some of these guys out. I, I, I think that there's a lot of dead weight hanging around the club that we could have had an extra few, few pounds to play with. But, um, yeah, that would be my only criticism is that we don't, and again, I, I understand that there's a lot of like complexities that we don't even understand, especially with players having to agree to terms and all that. But I, I think that there's probably a way we could get some of these guys shipped out, at least on loans, and get kind of trim the fat, so to speak. Not an Indombele joke. <laughs> well, um, uh, I think Shubes was next. Or is it? Um, for me, it's just about who we get rid of now. Sorry. No, go for it. Yeah. Uh, for me, the priority. For me, the priority is, is getting rid. I mean, I think, obviously, I know he's been a lot about Kane. That's the last player I want to get rid of. But we're now down to, what, 35, 36 players. And I know quite a few don't count because they're on the 21s and stuff like that. So I can imagine, for example, I think I spoke to Tommy about this. I saw Dane Scarlett last week. And he was coming on. And I didn't recognize who he was. I was so high up, I couldn't tell the number. But I saw how broad I was like, wow, this kid looks huge. So hopefully... Players like Dane Scarlett, players like Alfie Devine are going to get their loans. But for me, and I think they spoke about, um, who is it? I think, oh, God, the the, the right back uh, isn't driving us now, the one we bought from Millsborough, the one that Conte called a Jeff pop Spence. signing, the right back. Spence. Jeff Spence, sorry. Yeah, he apparently can't seem to get a signing. I mean, you've got someone at Luton Town who's got literally no money playing on Poxy Little Stadium. You're telling me that they don't want to hike, take any of our players on alone? I just can't understand and fathom it. So I definitely think we definitely, before the window closes, we need to get a whole bunch of people uh, out of the door because what we don't want is what happened to Matt Doherty. I mean, that still staggers me to this day. How can we not realise about this rule that you can have a maximum number of players loaned out uh, above, you know, above the certain A grades and stuff like that? So for me, it's better getting players out. In terms of playing players in, I, I just don't think we, I mean, apart from maybe another centre back, maybe a, another cam, but 
obviously people forget Benton Core is going to come back. So which Benton Core is going to come back? Because ACL injuries are notorious. So I don't know if we need another cam, but yeah, I mean, obviously Lucas, you obviously you you're on MC, so you know more about the medical stuff than I do. But for me, it's just about getting players out. We need to get players out of the door, whether it's Sanchez, whether it's Tanganga, whether it's Eric Dyer, who apparently I think we'll get onto this, but apparently he's on follow Spurs or something. I don't, know, I don't know what's that to do with, but yes, we need to get players on. And then I don't want to repeat what happened between Tommy and Lucas earlier about Eric Dyer. So I'll move on quickly, quickly off from Dyer. But yeah, it, just, just real fast on the, the, the Dyer thing, uh, something weird came up today on uh, his Instagram where he took all of his mentions of Tottenham uh, off of that, that account. So that's, uh, that's kind of uh, an interesting thing. Um, uh, so that we can speculate on that. It w- wasn't taken off on Twitter, but just on Instagram. So uh, uh, do what you will with that. But Lucas, I think you had your hand up next. Maybe, yeah, maybe Harry Kane was like, look, if I'm going, like, it was part of the contact. Harry's like, look, if you guys want me, Byron, like you got to take Dyer with me. Like that's my final gift to Spurs as according to Tommy. No, but I, I will say I, I agree with Shubes because that's the thing that we don't often talk about with the loans is just to loan someone out is one thing. It kind of gets them off the books. But to me, it's it's really, really important to have productive loans. So guys like Scarlett, like if we send Scarlett to some shit League One team that doesn't give a crap or to some Premier League team where he plays, even if we sent him to a Premier League team and he plays once every five games, it's like that's not a productive loan. We need to be sending Scarlett to somewhere like – a team that's going like a championship side that's going to be competing to try and get into the top six or a, and, he, and he'll be seeing regular minutes. But, and again, I, I like to keep it in house in terms of England because unless it's a guy that like, like Brian Hill, for example, we're going to send him out for a loan in Spain because we're trying to boost his value. That that's not a guy we're going to keep for the future. That's a loan where we're loaning you to try and have you boost your value as an asset, not as something that we can plug in and play English football, because I don't think he's going to make it. But I, I think that that's the most important, like with Alfie and uh, Scarlett would be the two off the top of my head. And then even Ashley Phillips. I'm like, these are guys that are, it's very important that they get productive loans where they're seeing constant minutes and they're seeing competitive English football that matters. And that I think is going to be huge to build not to go back to Harry, but I'm like, Harry Kane got very productive loans. He got put in good spots where he was able to either work on like work on certain things and get regular minutes. And I think that with the Jed Spence one, I would love to see Spence get a productive loan. And this is all me speculating. So don't bank on it. Uh, But I I think there's gotta be something with Spence in terms of the attitude or there's something he's so talented and there can't be a reason that multiple managers in a row now have just kind of pushed him to the wayside and said, forget about him. I I mean, like, cause we all remember when Marcus Edwards went on loan to Norwich who sucked and Norwich couldn't use Marcus Edwards. They sent him back after like a couple months being like, nah. So I'm like, that's, there's, there's kind of an art to finding the perfect loan for these guys. And I really hope that we do a good job doing that in the next couple of weeks, because we have a lot of talent that needs to be developed. And the perfect loan is we've proven that it's not always easy to find on our end. Tommy, what are your thoughts? 
Yeah, I, I mean, in terms of incoming, I'm relatively pleased. I think, like I said, we need another center back. Uh, regardless. Yeah, I shit on Dyer, but I'm like, if that's if that's going to be the case, I'm like, when's Van de Ven going to get in? I, don't, I think it's going to take a while for him to get in. Um, Madison, I think, is a very good signing because we got rid of Lucas Mora. Um, Solomon comes in uh, great as well. I think he's kind of the more direct Lucas Moore replacement because he's got so much pace to burn. Um, Madison, though, I'm a little irked. I've talked about it before, <laughs> whether it be on here or people at the bar, but I'm like, could have got him a few years ago for dirt cheap, but somebody didn't want him, and I think he should be on the hook for at least half of that, but whatever. Um, <coughs> Pochettino. <clears throat> yeah, 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 who's that guy? <sighs> Sorry. But uh, no, but the it, in terms of outgoings, yeah, Harry Kane, you know, it stings, but I felt like we had to do that. Harry Winks goes to Lester, not too bad. I'll take it. But I'm like, everybody, I'm like, we should still, I'm like, apparently the thing with Hugo is like, yo, we'll let him go on for free. I'm like, why don't you just release him now and just let his agent talk to whoever and just instead of having him on the books now? Um, I we we. Everybody says, oh, we have a good-sized squad. I'm like, yeah, but it's all a bunch of scrotes. You know, it's like, got like kind of with Pochettino in 2014, he cleaned house. Yeah, it took him a few transfer windows, but he did that. So I'm like, hopefully Pasacoglu does the same thing eventually. Uh, we'll see, I guess. But, I mean, I mean, given that Daniel Levy is the head of Spurs – I'm okay with this. Now, if it was another team and I'm like, we should, with the talent that we have, we should go for more. Yeah, I wish we did more, but based on the current circumstances, can't be too mad. Yeah, and there is a lot of talk about Kane replacements out there. And I, I do think that we need another forward player of some kind. Because let's say Richie doesn't shape up. I think he probably will. Um, or Richie gets hurt in a, a month or two. Um, we're we're back to Sun being our lone striker at, at 31 years old, um, and then uh, th- then our other uh, forward options kind of like n- n- now we're re- relying on Solomon as a starter. Um, yeah, I I I really think um, as well as like the probably uh, the, the midfielder that uh, Shubes was talking about the um, uh, the. Um, the the second defender because that's obviously like if one of those two defenders gets hurt, um, those two center backs then uh, that we're back in the same position that we were last year uh, on the defense. But um, but definitely forward, I, I think we need something. I, well, I saw a rumor about that. Or, well, because we, everybody's like, you know, when Kane leaves, we should get gift uh, Orban from Ghent in Belgium. Apparently, he's supposed to be the next big thing. But isn't and, he like five five like? 10, 5, 9, like, isn't he a small guy? I don't know about that. I mean, Michael Owen was 5'10", and he was a world beater until he got injured, so who knows? But um, regardless, apparently we've sent out feel- yeah, 5'10", it says. Apparently we've sent out feelers where he is, like, an oral offer of $27 million that I saw on Facebook, so... We'll see how that goes. Uh, I think that could be a good pick. Like, he's the, 
one for the future, can kind of push Richie. Uh, well, he's 21 right now, so... And when everybody says, like, oh, Suns are a backup striker, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. He is not a striker. He is a forward slash winger. He is not a true striker. But he, Changed but he, my but he mind. Also, but he also might fit um, what Postacoglu likes to do up top better than... Um, yeah, uh, but I mean, a typical striker. I mean, I think Richie can. No, I don't. Well. I don't disagree. I just think, but I'm like, let's be. Fi- I mean, this might be the first time in the history of the world of Spurs where we got somebody's replacement before we sold that person. In my opinion, it's Richarlson. He did that. He played as a striker at what Everton. He plays striker Watford. Oh, and yeah, Watford. Watford so, um, four. Like, he's been a striker at everywhere he goes. So, and then, like, you know, Conte sticks him out of the left wing, and I'm like, why the hell did we buy him? Or, or like, was this preparation for the future? But, like, regardless, we got this guy in our toolbox of concepts. So, let's use him. I personally expect we'll start. he will start tomorrow, but... but I think yeah, it said to, he's healthy. We yeah. need to get somebody to compete with him, too. Um, I... I think uh, him just being secure in his position might not be good if there if we do have like an Orban or somebody else uh, of a similar profile. Yeah, but I mean that's coming what coming up and challenging. Like maybe, the, maybe, maybe that's what he needs now, though, because last year he would get like ten minutes every other game. You know, like yeah, whoever's phone that was, shame on you. But. Uh, you know, maybe this is what he needs. He maybe he needs a little security where he knows that, like, okay, I got a little time. Or at, say, if we buy Orban at the end of the month, it's like, okay, I got a few games on me. I'm on fire right now. Okay, I can ride that momentum. But I'm not saying he needs to be called or anything. But I'm like, right now, at least give him the opportunity. We need to give him at least a run of five, six games. Let if he scores every other game. I'm, I'll gladly take that. Uh, uh, Lucas? Yeah, the, th- the thing with Richarlison is I'm like, I think he's going to be – Anthony, you had a good point. You, you had mentioned, like, if he fits in or, like, maybe he doesn't fit in. Of course he's going to fit in. We know what he can do in this league. Like, Richarlison's going to fit in brilliantly. He's great. The problem is, like you said, staying healthy. That's going to be his issue. If, if he can stay healthy, he's going to have a fantastic season. He's going to get, he's going to be involved in so much in the box, around the box. Again, we haven't even seen him play up top with like Kulachevsky. We've never seen that. That could be a whole new dynamic. Uh, it, it's going to be, I, I think Richarlison's going to be brilliant for us this season if he can be healthy. But like Tommy said, I think the, it, it, the the replacement buying, as I called it, uh, the, the first time we ever did it was we spent sixty five million on Harry's replacement, but then we got to be we have to continue that trend. So it has to be now, who's the next guy up? Because it's uh, I agree with Tommy, Sun can play up top as a true striker in an absolute emergency, but I do not want to be relying on that saying Sun is Sun's our backup striker. He's not a backup striker. If you if you need to and it's an absolute pinch, you can throw him up top. But that's that's not his position. And I, I think that we've done a good job bringing in uh, who's uh, the, the new kid. I can't remember his name. The young Argentinian, eighteen year old that we just signed. 
Um, oh, Belize. Yeah, Belize. Belize. Like, so I like that is like a guy for the future. But I do think we need to bring somebody in to just work and use because, like, we've just used the term kind of challenging riding. Oh, uh, Belize. One yeah. Belize. Yeah. But we One need Belize, somebody yeah. riding behind uh, Richarlison because that's something that really has seemed to be really important for us in the past. Like, all of a sudden, uh, like when Serge Aurier was shit, and then all of a sudden we brought in a, another right wing back, and all of a sudden he became amazing, and then Doherty was shit, and then we signed another. It's like you need somebody behind you to be pushing you. You can't just be comfortable in your position. That's really one of the reasons that squad rotation is so important. So I think that bringing somebody in to just be underneath, I can't think of it off the top of my head because I don't work for Spurs scouting, but I think we, we need somebody in that can be kind of pushing Richarlson to make sure that he's being the best he can be every week. Well, I want to move the conversation along. Um, so um, I, I think pushing for uh, – a trophy this year might be a little unrealistic in uh, Postacoglu's first year, but I certainly would love it if uh, Kane left and then we won a trophy that year. Um, we got the silverware that year, and and it probably not a very prestigious uh, trophy, but the Carabao Cup is uh, probably the most uh, likely. Um, and we did have our draw come out for that, and we drew Fulham in the first uh the first round uh, when we enter that competition. Uh, so um, h- how are you guys feeling about that? Is that, is that kind of a tough draw? Uh, we don't get anybody easy to take on first. Um, go ahead, Lucas. Well, I mean, it's any, anybody that the, like the top eight or what is it? The top seven Premier League clubs aren't in this round. So technically anyone that's, going to be drawn against us is going to be someone that was below us um i like that it's not a journey i like that we only have to go a little bit of ways to fulham on the other side of the city but i think that what you had said there anthony was uh you'd mentioned that it's kind of weird to expect a trophy in Ange's first year i'm like but also remember in potch's first year we went to the league cup final and I mean, it's it just it's all about the draw. So it's going to be really interesting to see how does Ange treat our domestic cups. I think we'll see us be a little bit more aggressive with our domestic cups this year because we don't have Europe to worry about. But I think that it would be really nice to see him kind of go for it and really treat these cups with importance because you never know. You could get the luckiest draw in the world and walk into the league cup final with playing nothing but championship sides. So it's like, you never know, um, treat it with respect, put a good team out there, see what happens. And you can find your way just stumbling into a final. So I hope that's what we end up doing. Yeah. And no Europe is the big thing. I yeah, I, exactly. I think that'll be really important. Cause uh, we're not playing midweek that much. So when we do, uh, we're going to be a little bit fresher than we uh, would in other circumstances. We can play a little bit stronger of a team. Uh, Tommy, anything to add there? Uh, not really. I'm just see. I guess. <laughs> I but I mean yeah. I mean realistically though, no Europe is a great thing. It kind of reminds me of 
2009-2010 season. No Europe ran the table. I'm about ran the table technically, but for Spurs standards, yeah, got fourth place, qualified for Champions League. So I'm I'm not saying it's gonna be a tougher task this year just because there's so much more money in the Premier League. But let's see what happens. I'm just hoping Kasakagu just he rotates the squad when needed because you know, like I said before, he can make do with what he has, but. When you play, uh, when you have Levy as your boss, you kind of have to. So let's see how that works because, again, this is a year of transition. So we're going to see some, we'll see some pretty football, but there's going to be some bumps along the road. And let's see how it goes. Yeah, no, good, good shots there all around. Um, uh, I want to move the conversation next into uh, the captain choice. So, um, Ange has uh, has come out in. Um, it, it, I think just yesterday he was asked it by the press uh, if he knew who he was going to make the the captain, and he indicated that he, that he did, but he wasn't going to say anything yet. Um, and we knew today was that we were going to get that that person. Uh, there was a lot of speculation back and forth and on who that would be. And I think he's gotten it right with uh, who we have in the squad. And he picked a uh, young men's son. So how are you guys feeling about uh son being our captain in this upcoming season? Uh, Tommy. I'm not opposed to it. He, uh, everybody likes him in, in the team. Everybody respects him. Uh, he's even when the whole, I think the biggest thing with my respect for him is, when everything went down with Harry Kane years ago with the whole Man City thing, he renewed his contract. I'm like, that would scare anybody off. So fair enough to him on that. Uh, but he's, what, 31 years old, so he's probably going to be captain for another four or five years at the most, realistically. Uh, my argument is, like, again, I'm okay with that. But I think I saw, was it, Madison and somebody else as the assistant captains. Not mad about that either, but my personal take on it is I, since we're in transition, we're rebuilding, we're officially rebuilding now with Kane being sold and whatnot. So I would have rather had somebody younger here for the long run. Um, years ago, or a few years ago, Jose Mourinho did say that Oliver Skip was a future captain. Um, I have no reason to doubt him, so I would have liked to see him do that because Skip, in theory, could be here for the long run. But but, but Skip's not going to play every. Thank you. Week. That's what I'm. You, your I captain think he, has I, to be out there. Yeah, I think he can. I think he can be a consistent starter, though. Real right now. Uh, I just don't see it with the. the I would be surprised if he started tomorrow. The way but the way Basuma's been playing in pre preseason. Uh, yeah, yeah, him and Basuma. When Benton, when Benton Core comes back, you think like Skip's getting out there. Like it's Skip. It can't be. It's the same reason why like it couldn't. Everyone the the public opinion was oh it should be Hoybier, but do you think Hoybier starts? We don't know. Yeah, but we fuck the fuck public opinion though. It only matters what Pasakaglu and the coaching staff think though. And Postacoglu didn't. I mean, they, but they right now realistically they probably they made the right decision. It's just you don't know the midfield is a melee. You don't know which midfielders Postacoglu trusts. I got to assume it's not. I got to assume 
the the Barcelona game was kind of the B game. The Shakhtar game was kind of the A game. There were certain guys that didn't travel to Barcelona. It was kind of a. I, I think we'll see our starting 11 will be more the Shakhtar lineup than it is the Barcelona one that was two days later. Oh, yeah, because, like, Kane, well, Kane was there for obvious. But not Skip there for obvious, was starting like, in the Barcelona Dayan game. wasn't there and so forth, but I'm like. Yeah, but Skip was starting in the Barcelona game. That, and Dyer was captain. So, exactly. It makes you I'm think just, that maybe that's not who. In I mean, we'll find out tomorrow regardless, perfect, regardless. The whole point is you can't have your captain be a guy that may or may not start. Michael Dawson was captain, and yeah, and, and maybe, maybe you should go jerk off to him later. But this conversation, and I probably will, and you'd like that. This conversation, for the for the time being, you cannot give the captain to a young guy that may or may not be a starter. You just can't. You have well, to give we, it to a guy that's, that's perennial thing, we, and is going to be out there every ninety minutes. We don't know that though. Skip Neither might do, be Scott, Scott, Skip might be the starter though. Realistic. Okay, you don't so know. When you pick your team sheet, you're like, well, Skip's number one. It's very feasible. No. Who's the one person on the team sheet that's getting in every week? Son. I, I have to go with Lucas here. I mean, yeah, you're being I'm ridiculous. Just, like, but, like, but that's another argument, though. I think he's a great rotation player. Who's the first person? To is have. Skip your number one on the team sheet, Tommy? Then he's not but that's, captain. But, that's, but that, that's, a, that's another argument, though. Having a player that's on the field consistently shouldn't make you a captain. I it's feel not the right only now. Reason I'm just saying, I feel it can right now for you this from being squad, the if you're not going to play for this squad, we need somebody who's an actual leader. I'm not saying Skip is, but I'm like, who's the actual leader of this team? Is it Son? Maybe it is. If it is, fair it enough. Is. I think I, it is. Everyone but loves I'm, him. But I'm like, loves him like he, they, he's everybody's friend. But uh, but no, he works his. My ass question off, is like, the leadership skills. Like, I don't know if he has leadership skills though. Yeah. Like, yeah, he's captain of South Korea, though, but I'm like, that's beside the point. So he's got experience. What's Skip feel been the captain this? of? Your well, heart? How, let's put Shubes on the spot. How do you feel about the Sun pick? Is it the right pick? I think it's a logical pick. I think I'm going to, sorry, I'm not taking any sides on this, but with what Lucas and Anthony said in terms of is he someone who's going to start, it's generally that you want that that's who you want to put around the arm the armband around so and plus he's he's done the miles he's probably been there i think the longest now so i think that for time so well. davis would be but beside oh, the yeah. point I mean, he's, he's done the miles and just in terms of not he's not like some brand new player like james madison i think it's interesting that because if you look at there was a leadership group i think last season and i think it was pete uh, uh dyer kane and probably larice and the fact that hoibier hasn't been picked to be the captain, because I'd have thought he'd be someone that probably, that probably means he's on his way out. But I think, first of all, it depends what the captain is. I mean, some captains are very, um, like, I think, I mean, you, you, I think, Tommy, you had a chance to make Lady King as well as Michael Dawson. And, you know, Michael Dawson, very much, he's a typical Yorkshireman, very much in your face, talking, talking, talking. King, I'm more, this is how I do things. Um, I don't know which captain's going to sign it's going to be. Does it burden him? No, it's not like cricket or something where he has to make tactical choices on the fit on the pitch. I think it's more a case really about you know who do the players look up to. I mean, but I think apparently Basuma is it, is it Basuma? Apparently he talks about was, was talked about by Sars like how he's very much helped him and how he's looked up to him as, as a as a leader. So sometimes the captains are figureheads if that makes sense. 
So, I mean, I'm not going to say too much. I mean, people talk about oh, Oliver Skip and Jesse Mourinho did mention it, but I remember eight years ago, I think Nabil Bentele was mentioned by Mickey Hazard as a future Spurs skipper. So, <laughs> yeah, I know the look, on, the look on Tommy's face was priceless. <laughs> but yeah, what I'm that trying was to say I mean, if Tim Sherwood was still manager right now, he no, he wasn't. That's Tim Sherwood was the manager. This was in 2015. Yeah, this that was a project. Yeah, but this is this is actually in under Pochettino. So this is like a year afterwards. It was just, but, but my point is, I just think the captain's a figurehead. I think Sonny has shown he stepped up. I mean, two years ago. I mean, I'm not no disrespect to. I mean, I know we have a lot of Korean fans that come over. They will go to wherever Sonny's going. Sonny could have easily gone to Real Madrid, PSG, even Bayern Munich. Because obviously he speaks German, and you know, but he chose no. I want to stay with Spurs. I love Spurs. I love the, the love the fans have for me, and vice versa. I think in a club that is healing, Sonny is the perfect choice for that. I think he is someone that everyone loves. Um, and you know what? So yeah, I'm gonna I'm definitely. Yeah. I am surprised by Romero because I don't know how much English he speaks. So uh, uh, my apologies, Tommy. Uh, I'm going to interrupt because like your son was going in and out. But um, but yeah, I I question the Romero um, pick as well. I I think there is a. Uh, um, Maybe he has leadership skills that we're not seeing, but like, uh, yeah, the, like the guy that gets the most likely to get a red card maybe shouldn't be the captain. Or, or, um, but even going, though Sonny's uh, got like three, <laughs> well, that's true. Sonny, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's an attacker. Fair point. But I'm and I'm sorry, Shubes, that we put you in the middle of this uh, domestic dispute. But uh, Tommy's trying to jump in here. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I always said, realistically, yeah, Son's the best option. But I'm like. It, how Shub said he's the figurehead. <clears throat> Realistically, who's who's who would be better to represent the the out of the club out of the players? It, it's Son. Like he, he has, he's never said anything wrong out of turn. Whatever, uh, says all the right things. Does a lot of PR. So, yeah. But how you said with Romero, I do wonder that. Though it's kind of weird though that. The vice captains are Madison and Romero because they are newer. But I get how I said kind of what kind of leads into what led into what I said with Skip. Like we're turning a new leaf here. So these two players, their vice captain, are young. They can, um, in theory, could be here for the long haul. So let's try to foster that. Yeah, fair point. Uh, Lucas, final point on this. Yeah. So. Um, Tommy, I'm glad Peter's, I hope Peter's listening, by the way, because I'm about to reference, I used to play a certain sport at a certain collegiate level. It's an American sport. Lacrosse? Um, yeah, I bet. <laughs> but yeah, so there's, there's the thing that I've always kind of learned is there's two different types of leaders. There's the guy that's the vocal leader. He's in your face trying to motivate you. And then there's the Harry Kane type of leader where it's like, I'm not going to say shit, but I'm going to be the first one in here, last one out, working my ass off. And th those are the guys you want to emulate. And I, I think it's important to have both. And I think, son, another big thing for me is it's I, I think it's important to have a guy on the pitch that isn't your goalkeeper. Like an outfield player needs to be your captain. 
When shit's not going right, what the hell was Hugo supposed to say to his teammates? How was Hugo supposed to be the leader that picks his team up when when he's just standing in the crease? Like, there's nothing he can do. So I, I think it's important to have an outfield player that the players respect. And I think that Sun has done a really good job of being a little bit of both of those types of leaders. I think Sun, when Harry had the whole, am I going to Man City shit? Like, Sun didn't even hesitate, as Tommy mentioned earlier. He renewed his contract, showed his commitment to Spurs, and then went out there and got a goal against Man City, and we won 1-0. So it's like, Sun has always been, I think, he's a leader, even though we don't see it as like a, we have that vision of like a hoy bear or a skip, like a stocky badass. It's like, you can be a really, really effective leader and it's all about how your teammates perceive you. And I think that's the important thing. His son, again, son got in a fight in the, I remember this because Anthony was uh, during Project Restart when we played Everton with no fans in the seats and you and I were like watched it out at Cajal's pub and son got in a fight with Hugo at halftime. Like he didn't care. He was like, fuck this. Like they went at each other. That's the type of that's the type of leadership that I think we're not giving Sun enough credit for. But I, I think that this is not – I don't think this is just like a figurehead choice. I think he actually is a leader, and I think his teammates respect the hell out of him. And I think he works his ass off, and I think it's going to be a great appointment, and I'm really excited for it. To be fair, though, I do think that, that Hugo picked that fight because he uh, Sun didn't come back and do the defensive work on that. Oh, yeah, no, totally. But, uh, yeah, exactly. hundred percent. I'm not like Sun was the right – Sun was probably wrong. Hugo was probably right a thousand percent. But, like, again, they were just going at it. Like, everyone else would have been like, sorry, Hugo. And Sun's like, fuck off. Like, like you need a little bit of edge to you. And I think that's what we're going to see, and I'm excited for it. That, that's a – that's the thing, though. I don't think we're going to see an insane amount of edge from him because, and I say this because I'm Asian, source and Asian. I was just Asian. about to say because this is an Asian reference coming up. Yes. No, it's because, you know, like how I said before, yes, yeah, Sun has picked up some red cards, uh, but how I said before, he's always said the right things. Um, he's never, like, said, like, fuck this, fuck that, fuck you, fuck whatever. Uh, and in terms of, well, East. I'm Vietnamese, so for those who don't know. And in terms of East Asian culture, we're all about saving face in uh, in public. He'll, if, if anything, he'll be, he'll tear every, whoever a new one in the locker room and in training. But he's not doing it on the field or where anybody can see it. So don't be surprised, or don't, be surprised about that as well okay well um one final topic before we wrap up this episode um as you guys know from uh if you listened to our last episode last season we're changing the format we're not doing match previews and we are going to be more of like maybe a twice a month podcast instead of uh weekly um we'll, we'll be there when there's uh, a, a lot to talk about for sure but we're uh we're we're kind of changing the frequency and not not doing this as regular uh so we're not going to pre- uh preview each match again but i do want to have a quick conversation about uh these next three fixtures that we have coming up and what your maybe what your your gut instinct on points would 
be for these uh, fixtures. So we've got uh, tomorrow uh, Brentford uh, away, um, and then the, the following uh, Saturday uh, we have Man United at home, as Lucas talked about in locks. Um, and then uh, we have uh, the following Saturday Bournemouth um, away again. Um, for the start of the season, how how do you see this going? Knowing that Pasta Coglu usually has some slow starts when he comes to a new team. Uh, uh, Shubes? So first of all, I think I think Brentford is locked out in terms of the fact that they they're without their star striker as well because of the gambling thing. So that'll be interesting to see how that one works out because you've got when Thomas Frank brought um, Brentford over. I think Tommy, were you was that the game you were at, Tommy? I can't remember. Was it Brentford? And yes. you just saw how how good were they that day? They was they were. I know we were bad, but they were so much better than what we were. So it'll be interesting to see. But Frank is a very progressive, plus play progressive football. So does Costa So I think that'll be an interesting to see, and I think it'll be interesting barometer to see where we're at. Um, and obviously we're both uh, strikers. Uh, the Man U game will obviously be pivotal. Um, if we can get a point out of that game, considering all that's happened with the loss of Kane, obviously. Um, obviously, they've got a new striker. They're, they're breaking Hoy, Hodgeland, Hoyland, how you pronounce that? And um, obviously, they've got you know, the pace to, you know, you know obviously, he falls over the top. So that'll be interesting to see what happens there. And again, Bournemouth, because uh, again, that Bournemouth game, I actually went to the one in April. And I remember that because six years ago prior, that's the one where Jack Wilshire broke his ankle. And that was when like Moussa Dembele, Christian Eriksen, Harry Kane were just dominant. And then the contrast of six years. So we're interested to see how we contrast again because I was in Los Angeles when we played the, uh, uh, I think it was it, oh, I forgot the name, not Roots Hall, whatever they call it now, the stadium there, uh, the, the Vitality, sorry. And um, we weren't behind, we just kept on going behind again and just defensively all over. So, so I think Bournemouth, I think it's not Gary O'Neill anymore, I think it's a new manager. So I'm interested to see how they, how, how they respond. But I would like to see if this gets like five points. If we can get five points out of this, then I think it's it's not brilliant. It's not it's not going to get us into the, the league or Champions League spots, but it's a good start considering all the people we're going through. I yield. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so Lucas. Well, the thing I'm excited about is if you're any Premier League side right now, I think the last team you'd want to be facing in these early stages is us. I, I think it's like, like Brentford has to be bricking. Like, what are the, what is Brentford preparing for all week in training? They haven't got a clue. We have a clue. We know what they're going to show up and look like. We know what we're going to look like. Us as the supporters, we don't know yet because Ange's, we haven't figured out Ange's system. We don't know exactly what his 11 is going to be. But I'm like, I think that Spurs are the last team you want to see right now. Just because, again, we could suck. We could get beat by six tomorrow. We could win 6-0. Wouldn't surprise me either way. I think that it's it's a really weird spot to be in where we're this like wild card that has a new manager with a new system and a shit ton of talent. Like we have a lot of guys that can hurt you in a lot of ways. Who knows? Is is Destiny Yudagi gonna start and be the player of the game and have five assists? Is Pedro Poro gonna have five assists? Is Richarlson going to play? Like, it, it, we, like teams have no idea what to expect against us right now. And I think that's going to be 
our advantage in these next couple games. I think that it'll be kind of like with the Nuno thing where we snuck by three Bush League 1-0 wins and Nuno's first three and had nine points out of nine. We could do that. I don't know. But I think the important thing is to just actually get our guys playing the Ange system. And I think we will. Um, but I could absolutely see us. I would like to get seven and nine. Seven and nine out of these first three. I'm like, I think Bournemouth's there for the taking. I think Brentford, I think we owe them a good smacking. And United at home, I'll take that. So, yeah, I think realistically, I would love to get seven and nine out of here and get this campaign off on the right foot. Yeah, uh, Tommy, uh, anything to add there? What are, you th- what are you thinking on these three? Yeah, I mean, re- realistically, I think Man U, actually, we're playing Man U at home, which I didn't even think about. But uh, actually, all three games were going to be on TV in the UK, which is actually kind of weird to think about. But uh, no, realistically, Man U is going to be hard. Yeah, it's at home, but they've they've reloaded a little bit. Uh, Ten Hag, you know, he's had a season under him. Uh, Brentford, I mean, it's a new leaf now. Yeah, when Shubes and I were at the game in May, that was disappointing as hell, of course. But got a new squad. Um, well, slightly rotated squad, so I'll take that and maybe hopefully a different mentality. So seven points, I will gladly take six points. I or seven points is optimal. Six points I'll take. Uh and then we got Burnley afterwards, Labor Day weekend. So let's see if we can get some momentum off of that. I'm and no, we're not since because of format changes, we're not really doing predictions anymore. But tomorrow, we or at least these three games in August, we should at least be very competitive, and we'll see how it goes. I my biggest issue though is, you know, we got Bacario, we got Madison in now. Uh, Richarlson, yeah, he's been with us for a season, but he hasn't played consistently. So, and how I said in preseasons, like you can tell a lot of things are brewing with this team, but. How are they going to gel? Um, and the thing that kind of disappointed with Barcelona is let, the, let our foot off the gas in, what, the last 10, 15 minutes? I'm like, we got to finish the job. Uh, and I know this is different now because it's like these games matter, but we got to have that mentality of, like, you know, finish the job, play into the whistle, et cetera, and so forth. Lucas, you had a quick thought? Yeah, I'm like, I agree with you. In theory, because, yes, finishing the job is something that we've been really shit at. And keeping our foot on the gas has been something we're shit at. I'm like, I don't think the Barcelona game is a good example because I'm like, we left these guys out there that, A, aren't even our best guys. They're guys just trying to get a run out like Regulon. And we left them out there. Barcelona subbed like 100 times. They were just thrown in fresh legs. So eventually it was going to wear down. But I think. The thing that I was going to bring up is the mini question. Who do you guys think is going to take our penalties from now on? I I really wanted to bring this up before we wrapped up because I'm like, this is something that Tommy and I have talked about at home here. There's a, uh, I I think we've taken, I'm not going to say we've taken Harry Kane for granted. I've enjoyed every minute of it, but I think we've taken for granted how penalties work. 
we've had an absolute machine at penalties. And I'm like, I love Son to death, but I'm like, the last thing, I'm, I'm glad he's our captain. I don't want him taking our pens. I'm like, who would you guys have? I don't know. Does Madison take the Madison. pen? Yeah, Madison took Madison. him. Madison took him if with like after like post Vardy, Madison was taking him for Lester. Yeah, so he's probably I'd be okay with that. I, I'm gonna have Madison. Yeah. But uh, do you think I, there's anything? I, I, I hate to mention Lampard. Madison do you think that's is like, like a weird transition. Do you think Madison can just step up to Sun and say, "Hey, I'm taking these"? Like, uh, do you know what I think? If if I'm if I'm Ange. Um, I'm doing, do you know, like if I'm looking at the penalties and I'm looking, I'm doing the stats, you know, like the data analysis and, you know, you guys do more of the stats stuff than I do. And I'm looking at that and I'm thinking, yep, that's what I'm going to pick. So we'll look at the data. You'll see how the guys do in their training and do the, the penalties. Obviously, it's different taking penalties in training than it is you know, in a stadium, obviously. Um, but I do believe it's going to be probably Madison just because he has he was a regular penalty taker for Leicester City. Yeah. He's going to be our set piece taker, and um, I was just really interesting because I think I think Tom, I don't think you were here for that, but I was actually there. When, it's really weird because we talk about Kane and penalties. Yeah, I remember Kane taking a free kick. And actually, I think hey, did he score a free kick when we were there? Or was it game after? No, he did, and that was the only time. Well, <laughs> so which is, which is I, I technically it wasn't a free kick because didn't Dayan lay it off for him? Well, set piece, you know. It wasn't saying. off a set ball. It was off a moving ball. But, but I'm just, I'm just gonna say, go with the guy who takes a lot of set pieces. Um, he obviously won't have the power of Kane, but he wants someone who's a steady hand. And like I said, I think, you know, I think something like Andrew will decide that. I think, I don't know how it works for your, yeah, in but in, in other sports, but you have in Kane, is that Andrew will be the person who decides that. I think Andrew, this is Andrew putting his mark on the team. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think also with that though, is. Ange coming in, got some new signings. You know, with him, he's never managed in the Premier League. So, A, this is his last shot because he's 50-something. He can do everything he can. But also, everybody has a clean slate, more or less. So, he's if, if it's not Sun, I will not be surprised. But if it's Sun, I'll be slightly irked just because he does that stupid run-up. And it's fucking embarrassing. With Kane, two or three steps and decisive. And yeah. I can at least respect. I'm like, uh, no games. Okay. Well, um, I never got to give my um, my prediction for, or not really prediction, but I, I, would, I, I, I would not be surprised if it was only four points, to be honest. Like, I could see us falling flat on maybe like the Brentford or one of the away fixtures and then uh, only being able to get a, a, a point somewhere else. Um, Postacoglu is known for slow starts. Celtic, he had a one. Um, I don't think we can hope for too much. So I, it, I think four points would be realistic. Um, though I really hope it's at least six. Um, seven would be fantastic. But um, but uh, but I think we should be prepared that it might be four and and not get too worried about it. Is kind of uh, what I'm thinking. Um, but I, this has been a great podcast, uh, uh, but I think this is a good place to wrap things up. So, so I'm Anthony. You can find me on Twitter at Callahan42, K-A-L-I-H-A-N-42. Uh, Lucas, where can they find you? You guys can find me at Lucas Ruske, L-U-C-A-S-R-U-S-K-E, at Twitter and Instagram. And Anthony, before you send us off, by the way, I want to give the final notes. Oh, Okay. Uh, and then, uh, uh, Tommy, where can they find you? 
Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is Lily White Coys, and that's the way it should be spelled. Shubes, where can they find you? You can find me at the Real Shub on. Um, I'm sure you'll put that on the show notes. And I'm often on Tottenham Depot. And before Lucas does his thing, uh, first of all, thanks for thanks for having me on. And I'm very glad that you guys are set up the Atlantic. It was finally glad to actually get a win there. And just thanks to those guys. They were very, very kind, very, very generous to me. I enjoyed the crap out of their pie on the way to the airport. So, yeah, it was a really good place to be. And you guys are wonderful as always. I even, I even enjoyed them a lot, which is hard to imagine. But yeah. <laughs> now we know you're full of shit. <laughs> okay, uh, Lucas, uh, last thing. All right. I want to just wrap up with something real quick. Uh, obviously, Harry Kane's leaving us. That's something that is going to take us a long time to digest. Um, I just want to remind people, is it its own little farewell? I want to give a real good thanks to Hugo Lloris. Um, it's something we really didn't touch on. We just kind of accepted like Hugo's gone. I'm like, that's been our captain for a long, long time. He's been a true servant of the club. Um, he's been here through multiple rebuilds if you will i'm like that guy's been putting his ass on the line from a real shit spurs defense for a long time so i just want to say big shout out to harry for everything we of course we're gonna have statues of harry built but i'm i'm really i really wish we could have got hugo a trophy because that's i think that would have been really great to have that captain lift the cup because he really earned it and i'm really really grateful that we had all the years that we had with hugo so big shout out big love to hugo but New chapter, ready, ready to rock, and I'm excited for the new one. Yeah, great, great shouts there, and I think we all share the, uh, those sentiments. Um, but that about wraps it up. Uh, so thank you to Tommy and Lucas today. Thanks to Tubes for joining us from the Tottenham Depot. Uh, thanks to Tommy for editing, Charlie for the music, Sam for social media, Kimberly for the logo, and as always, the Atlantic Bar and Grill. Come on out and watch with us there tomorrow if you're in the Chicago area. Um, uh, find us on our many platforms including iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher and many more, hit the subscribe button and write us a review on those platforms or give us a review wherever you get your podcast check us out on Twitter and Facebook at 4 Spurs and our website at 4 Come on you Spurs